Your Money Replay from Money FM 89.3. Money and Me on Your Money, only on Money FM 89.3. Back in the studio with Pamela Chong. She is Senior Financial Services Consultant from the Gen Group. Welcome to Money and Me. It is 10.06. This is the show where we look out for smart ways to spend your money, ways to save, great ways to invest. We look out for trends in the stock market as well. And last week, Pamela shared why it is so important, parents, for you to start thinking about planning your finances for your child's education. And she also brought up the SEP, the Structured Education Plan, which is her passion she tells me. So today we're going to talk about how to go about building that structured education plan, the types of different plans that exist out there uh, that Pamela helps structure for her clients. Welcome back, Pamela. Thank you, Michelle. Good morning. Good morning. Looking good. So tell me a little bit about, you know, what stayed with you when, uh, you know, we look back on our discussion last week. What do you think are the salient points parents still need to keep in mind? Okay, I think what's important is planning in an organized and non-messy way because it really minimizes the stress level that parents may face when the child is about to enter tertiary education. And the next thing is the TLC method Mm. where, you know, you have to take note of the tuition fee of the desired course, the living expenses because it's not just about eating and transport, but there's also hostel accommodation fee if the child were to stay in. And lastly, C, that's for cost duration. Now, all this information can be easily found on the university websites. Some other important factors that are to note before embarking on the education planning is simply to identify the time that you have before the child enters university. Now, remember, you want the fun to be out before the child starts and not at the end of the education years. Secondly, have flexibility because you never know when you're going to need the money. And lastly, understand what you're getting into because there's a difference between life insurance and savings plans and you should be looking for a plan that have a fixed maturity time. Great tips there, Pamela. Do you have a real-life example uh, that maybe can bring to life this idea to have an orderly, structured education plan as opposed to the haphazard, you know, I'll put some money in the savings account as and when I can? Mm -hmm. Definitely there are such plans. Um, I have a client last year Mm. that I met the son was just six-year-old. Now, this six-year-old handsome was so passionate about aviation, he wanted to become a commercial pilot. At six, yes. Yes. <laughs> so, the parents are very supportive. They have been introducing pilots to talk to him and all oh. that. So, we actually research on how to go about to getting him into a pilot and it actually involves an aviation degree. So, there are so many different types that, you know, if you're having just a degree, it doesn't assures you of becoming a pilot because you need your flying license. But because the amount is so huge, I was telling the parents, why not let's narrow down and look at just aviation degree? And we found that the amount that's needed is going to be about 90000 in today's value. So for him to be entering 15 years later with inflation, that's going to be about 140000 Wow. So my client has already set aside good oh, 60000 50 over 1000 So what's left for us to plan is really ninety k. So we actually went on about what we call the SEP, the Structured Education Planning. And from here, he actually has to set aside for the next 10 years a close to $800 a month just to save up to this amount. And wow. during the age of 21, when this money starts paying out, it's going to be paid on a yearly basis such that you know, every year the money comes out, it pays for the cost fee. And my client wouldn't have to worry, where am I going to get a funds to pay that fee for this year? Because how long is the cost? 
The course is about three years. Okay. That is only for a degree. Yep. Excluding the flying license period. Oh my goodness, but your clients are covered at 800 a month. This on top of their existing savings of 60000 Yes. Well, let's hope little six-year-old doesn't decide to change course and decide he wants to be, I don't know, a pharmacist. <laughs> yes, definitely. But still, I mean, at 800 a month, they know that when he goes into university, he's going to have a, a chunk to put into any educational plan if he feels yes, like it. Yes, definitely. Right? I mean, we are talking about even if the child doesn't go to aviation, it goes yeah. to other course, there's that money that's already set aside. I don't have to worry where am I going to get all these funds from. Mm. And, and it's great information out there for parents who have little boys who do know that they want to be a pilot when they grow up. I can't believe you do all that research for your clients as well. <laughs> I have to. I have a son who loves airplanes as well, Michelle. Uh-oh. So, yep. <laughs> so I'm telling him, you better work hard so that you get sponsorship for your flying license. I don't have to pay a single cent. Do you know how much that's going to cost? Okay, if plus it- license and a degree, the total amount is going to come out to be about 194 Okay. 194000 Wow. Costs a lot to groom a pilot. Maybe <laughs> investments, I would say. I, I think it's a good idea to get them saving their ang as well. What do you think? <laughs> of course. Then I can save up on the living cost. <laughs> okay, tell me more about these structured educational plans. You were talking about the payout of that particular plan for the parents with the pilot, mm-hmm. six-year-old pilot wannabe. Mm-hmm. How can we go about making it an alternative to investments if our end goal is really an education savings fund? Okay, I think during a lot of my discussions with my clients, um, very often I realise that parents are taking money simply up from their saving funds. Yep. And it's 100% lost. It all goes down the drain. There's no investment back unless your child is going to give you your monthly allowance when it's not working. <laughs> and the other way that um, clients go about is really investing the money to grow. But when a global crisis comes about, your education fund is fixed. The universities are not going to cut the cost of the fee. It will remain the same. Right. But my investment amount may not be at that value that I want it to be. So for people who want to save and invest, that's where all this SEP comes in. Because you not only save, you are actually having that small little bit of investments from the compounding interest from insurance companies. And you're transferring this risk, not on yourself, but to the companies. Brilliant. Wonderful, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. And so such SEP, they are a savings plan, like what we call it. And the premium commitment term, it cuts short to just 10 years. So imagine if you're a parent today of a young boy, 21 years you have to save all the way for their education. Now, on the other hand, on the SEP, it's just a 10 year. Once you're done, you free up that money, you can go do your own retirement funding. You don't have to think of other things. And on top of it, you can actually have this money distributed out nicely over the years because it's going to repay out every single year what the child was studying. Am I going to sign me up immediately? (laughs) I don't even have a child, but 10 years is a horizon that people can commit to. Yes. I think. It's not too short. It's not too long, but it's just a very comfortable timing that people can do. I mean, you... Like what I said, you have paid six years to infant care fee, to child care fee. What's this next 10 years? It's just an additional four years. You can do it, parents. Okay, tell us about the benefits of these structured education plans and who you recommend the plans for. Okay, I think this benefits everyone. But what I will say is I actually categorize people into four different groups of emotional attitude towards money. And I call them the Great Big Singapore Sales, Michelle. <laughs> now, G actually stands for givers. They, they are people who tend to 
provide for other people before themselves, all right? Yeah. Now, B are the builders. Mm-hmm. If they see very good projects or investments, they will rather park the money there because there's a potential for the growth of the capital. The S is for spender. I think we don't have to explain that very much. Everybody right? knows. Yep. And saver are the group of people who are more conservative. They are sticking to like fixed deposits and probably may have some people putting in the Milo tin, you yes. know, the good old generations. So <laughs> when it comes to SEP for these four different groups, the builders, it cuts away the possibility of you parking into a project and you never know if this money will get to that amount by then. But what if the business fails? Now for G, the givers, now anyone that comes financially challenged to you, like Michelle, I need money, you'll be so inclined to help this person. But with a SEP, your money is locked away and you will not get it all the way until when the child enters tertiary education. For spenders, it cuts your spending power. Why not? Okay. And for the savers, it is still savings. But it's just that these are not liquid enough for you to see and you write on the effect of compounding interest. So like I said just now, instead of saving over 21 years, you save over 10 years, your money is working doubly hard. Wonderful. <laughs> okay, here's a question for you uh, from our listener and you can keep them coming through at 9717-8893. Uh, Pamela, how can one build in flexibility into these plans in the event that something untoward happens along the way, this 10-year horizon that you're planning? Okay, I think that the answer to this question is that uh, we can't build in the flexibility if we didn't the plan itself, but you definitely can have an alternative plan. So I have this uh, real-life case of a client who was only 20 he was diagnosed with a benign liver tumour and he had a child that was one year old. So when I did this SEP for his child, I actually did in addition a standalone uh, critical illness coverage plan which was able to claim out for his uh, benign liver tumour. So from there, he was able to continue having that money and um, he continues paying the plan. There's 110k free out because of the claim. You can do whatever that you want with that sum of money. Right, but... He was still and he's still continuing healthy. to contribute yes. to the plan. Yes. So okay. it's 110K, which he redoes it in a way that he created a legacy for his child. So there's this joke between the two of us. He said that, no, my goal is a filthy rich little goal now, thanks to me at the expense of my health. <laughs> How is he? He's 29. He's okay now. Yeah. He's okay. Yeah. That's great. I think most parents love that idea uh, of saving for a filthy rich <laughs> little girl. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> okay, let's compare the structured education plan with other forms of savings and investments meant to build an education savings fund. Okay, so a structured education plan it works in a way that it is um, designed to pay out specifically either at the age of 19 or 21 because that is the entry age of a university depending on the gender of the child. Now, other savings plans are very standardised at 15, 20, 25 years and some of them require you to save all the way. Now, SEP, your premium commitment is just 10 years. So investments, you can continue all the way or you can choose to stop anytime and just let the money roll. So it, it really depends on what the individual wants. Okay, and when is the best time to start working with a plan like this? Well, I guess you know my answer is always never a best time but now, right? (laughs) But rather, let me bring in the analogy of driving. Mm. So if you're driving to work for someone who's working in the CBD area, if you're going to live early and reach your office, you avoid the ERPs and you have lesser traffic on the road. But if you start later, your ERP chances are going to be double. 
and your traffic flow is going to be double. So similarly, like starting a savings plan, I think, you no, know, the earlier you start, you write on the effect of the compounding interest. You have more. But if you start later, you have less time for this interest to grow. So I've actually some figures here. So for a child that's at the age of one, if you were to start saving, for example, for the, our handsome pilot, mm. you will have to put a total of 79000 for a guaranteed of 90000 so with the bonus, it comes up to be about 142000 that you get. Because remember, insurance plans always have the non-guaranteed bonuses. Now for a child that's at a six, that's five years later, you have to put in an additional 8000 in total of premiums and you get lesser because the bonus grows slower. It's at 128000 Wow, there's a big difference between starting at one or six. Yes, Ooh. very different. So I would say that, no, if it's possible, it's good for parents to start early. You don't have to save for the full cost. Do within what you can manage first and you can slowly build that block up. Because remember, financial planning is never here to control you from spending. You should still be able to lead the desired lifestyle that you want, but it's just that we are putting the additional cash to better use. Right. So people think, oh gosh, is this going to tie me down to an structured education plan? Is it going to tie me down to, you know, uh, living really simply most of my life like a pauper, depriving me of life experiences? Are you saying I have to give all my bonus to this all the time? No, on the contrary, I think it's not that happening. Okay, for clients who think that um, the monthly is going to be very heavy burden, knowing that it's going to be $700 or $800 a month, why not do it during your bonus month? Now, bonus, many times, people are spending it away. I'm going to a Europe trip because I'm getting such good bonus this year. So why not proportion part of your bonus, like say 50%, into saving for this education and the rest of the 50% is for you to spend. So you get to still lead the kind of lifestyle you want and yet at the same time, I have set aside money for this goal that I want to save towards. She always gives us great perspectives on how we can make our money work hard for uh, what is your final piece of advice, Pamela, for our listeners with regards to planning for a child's education? Okay, I think the final advice would be don't delay. Mm. Don't be in a dilemma too much. Start as soon as you want to build this fund. Start now. Why not? Well, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much for coming by. Thank you, Michelle. Pamela Chong is Senior Financial Services Consultant at the Gen Group. And in case you missed the first part of our Money and Me, you can download the episode. Just Google Money and Me, Pamela, and it'll come right up. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.